everybody and welcome to Dev Party. I'm Vanya and over there is Eric. Hey everybody, I'm Eric. <laughs> so these are our mini episodes where we call each other up, chat about film photography and develop some film. And today we're doing something super special, kind of, right? It's special. Yeah, it's special. <laughs> Everything special, right? Everything is special. Participation award for Eric and Vanya for developing what? We are developing orthochromatic film today. Ooh. And you are developing some x-ray film, which is ortho. Correct. And I am developing Ilford ortho film. It's, uh, it's a new-ish product, sort mm -hmm. of. It's been around for actually a long time in sheets, but they recently, uh, maybe a year, year and a half ago, put it out in, in roll film. Yeah. And this is the first time I've shot it, and this is the first time I'm developing it. And I'm developing it in Rodinol 1 plus 50 for 15 minutes. Wait, are you already pouring? Did you start it's without 15 me? minutes. It, it's a 15 minute long <laughs> development time. Okay. All right. Well, I, I should have started well before now. What are you doing? <laughs> Well, I'm going to pour out my pre-soak. Uh, I okay. am doing a, I guess, a test. So if anybody knows or has shot x-ray film, you get a bunch of scratches on them. And if you use a sturm and press, you're more than likely going to get marks from the little uh, trays that you put the film in. Yeah. I just seem to not have, like, I just can't not have those marks on there. So... I decided to just develop one sheet in here without the trays. I'm not going to be agitating. I'm just going to be swirling around. So yeah, I'm actually really wanting a participation award today for a dev party because who knows what's going to happen. Well, you, we have to remember that the reason that you get the scratches on, on the x-ray film is because there's emulsion on both sides yes. and it's, uh, it's, hard to develop that because most places you develop 4x5 film require one of the sides to be touching something. So, but we talked about that quite a bit in past depth. So let's move on. We'll, we'll move on. I want to talk today about orthofilm. What is it? Why do we shoot it? Why? What's the big deal? People seemed very excited about this when Ilford announced it and I was not incredibly excited. And the reason is ortho can't read red light. And that's the important thing about ortho. It doesn't read red light. So you take a picture of a red object, it will be black. Let's just start. We're going to go through like a history of emulsions here. Mm -hmm. And it will, be, it will be what it is. I think what we're used to now is panchromatic film. And that's oh. film that can see all of the spectrum of light. And the spectrum that we see as humans is light in 400 nanometers, which is violet, to 700 nanometers, which is red. And we express that in Roy G. Biv, which you might remember from second grade when you learned about rainbows. Mm -hmm. And that is red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet. Now, indigo is a bullshit color that was invented by, I think, Isaac Newton because he wanted there to be seven. So there we go. That's a very short history of that. Uh, there is also, of course, ultraviolet and infrared, neither of which we can see. Uh, ultraviolet is waves less than 400, 
and infrared is waves over 700. And what's cool is that birds can see in ultraviolet, and so they have ultraviolet plumage but in colors that we can't see. So birds look different to birds, which is really rad. Um, and nobody sees... It is cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And nobody sees in infrared except for, like, spies and ghost hunters, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. God. So that has nothing to do with ortho. I was just trying to catch everybody up on how we how we perceive light. Yeah. So we're going to talk before ortho, because ortho is an old emulsion. It's from the 19... It's from the, I think, 1890s. But we'll get to that. Before that, we had photography before that. We had photography since the 1840s, 1830s, 1840s. And so the first emulsions were silver halide, and they were on plates, and they could only capture blues. Sometimes greens, but for the most part, blues. Mm -hmm. So there was no Roy at all. There was only a a G once in a while. To develop them, they did it under a pretty bright amber safe light, so kind of like a yellow light. If you're a screen printer and use your darkroom properly, we, we coat screens under a yellow light. It's the same same color yellow. Same same reason, too. I didn't tell you about the hole I fell into uh, recently on eBay where I was looking at, like, amber oil lamp <laughs> darkroom lights. Oh, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I should probably not mention this because he's just going to be like, what the hell? But yeah, it was for... I, I fell into a hole and uh, I was in no there way. for quite some time. And I'm still debating on getting one. Well, I mean, if you are doing tintypes, they should work if you're using formulas that are not orthochromatic, but are this silver halide formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, how these old silver halide plates rendered colors was basically black was black, red was black, orange was black, yellow was basically black. You had green being dark gray and sometimes very black. Blue as light gray and indigo, bullshit, and violet as a kind of a medium gray. Violet? You're turning violet! I got a blueberry for a daughter! So what this did is it rendered sky with or without clouds just white. It was just a white sky. And so like all the old Civil War pictures, the sky looks pretty shitty. And the skin was also really odd looking too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, I have a picture of myself that I look incredibly tan. <laughs> you do, <laughs> and you're you are you are fairly tan, but this is a very dark, dark tan. Yeah, and that's yeah. because the old emulsions, the silver highlight emulsions, couldn't pick up the darker skin pigments um, mm-hmm. very well. I think that's why I'm so attracted to uh, wet plate photography and just tintypes in general because of the, you know, odd look that it gives you. It, it really does give a striking image, a, a striking portrait that you don't really naturally see. Yeah, it's true. And if you have blue eyes, they're just all white and it's kind of creepy. Once I start actually practicing, I'm going to take a portrait of you. You know this, right? Yes. Yeah, that's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. Yay! Smoky <laughs> so, eyes, here I come. <laughs> so this is what they had until the 1880s, 1886. They started, like photographers on their own, started kind of playing with different emulsions. With What could they add to it to make uh, the yellows and the reds, as they thought, be exposed on the film? 
so they came up with something, and I think it was 1886, 1887, and they called it ortho, orthochromatic film. Ortho, the prefix means correct. And so, like, you know, orthodox or orthopedic, things like that, it means correct. And it wasn't correct by our eyes because it couldn't read red, but they kind of believed it could, uh, at least more so, a lot more so than the normal solar halide plates they were using. And so it would render black, black. It would render reds blackish. So a little bit of reds getting through. Mm-hmm. Oranges were dark grays. Yellows were dark grays. Greens were medium grays. Blues were light grays. And the indigo violets were black. And I don't know why it lost the violet sensitivity. I don't understand that. If anybody does know, let me know, because I'm kind of interested in that. And so they used, they did this by adding various like yellow dyes and red dyes, different chemicals to the emulsion. And some folks used a yellow filter too, but that created like really long exposure times. Yeah, by about five years later, they had it all sorted out and companies just started full on producing orthofilm. Uh, but nobody was really buying it. Like a lot of portrait artists, especially, and even landscape artists just weren't buying it. And it was pitched that, like, well, the normal silver halide plates, they, they couldn't correctly translate the colors to tones, and they could only really do blues or some blue-greens. And, you know, if you went out there and you shot, like, the foliage, you're screwed, because it's just going to be, like, a big, a big dark blob. But when ortho came around, they were like, oh, my God, it's sensitive to reds and greens, pretty much. And, <laughs> you know... Kind of some yellows too, yay! And it's like ortho, orthochromatic film. The colors are expressed in in something like their luminous values. And I love that. I love that quote. It's a direct quote. Something like their luminous values. It's like it's close enough. Is what I mean. They didn't know what else to do. You know, they're doing the best they could. And people thought this was really, really amazing. And that's why, you know, they gave it the name ortho, because it was correct. They thought this was, this was, oh, perfect. This is the perfect thing. But there were some drawbacks. And the drawbacks were, the exposure times took a lot longer with orthofilm. When you developed it, you could only use a ruby red light, like the red lights that we know now from mm-hmm. dark rooms. And they were kind of like, we don't want to do that. That's too dark. The, the dark room is now too dark. We're not doing that. And for landscapes, for some reason, they needed an orange filter. And I think it was because maybe the blues were too sensitive compared to, like, with the, you know, the, the dark, or like, the reds, well, the yellows were, you know, compared to that. And so with that, one of the photographers I came across was complaining about how long it took him to take a, a landscape shot. At F22, it was, like, two seconds, which, honestly, not really bad. So I don't know what he was bitching about. Once the company started like full-on producing the ortho film, they really touted its benefits. For landscapes, you had better rendering of distances in landscapes, which I don't I don't really understand that. I don't know how adding like a bit of a yellow tones to it can really uh, render your, your distances better. I don't get that. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it does, however, uh, you can show clouds against a blue sky now. That's really nice. Everybody likes clouds on a blue sky. It also allowed you to shoot the ocean horizon, which when I first read that, I didn't get. But thinking about it for a little bit, it makes perfect sense. The sky and the ocean are roughly the same color. Mm -hmm. And if your blues are just light grays, 
then your ocean is going to be light gray and your sky is going to be light gray and it's going to look the same. So with ortho, that's not the case. They separate those a little bit. For portraits, they are really big on this. You have the correct color representation of dresses. Okay, it's important, I guess. <laughs> Freckles will hardly show up. Fine. And then you have the proper rendering of paintings. They were really big on photographing paintings and ortho was the way to go for that because they just, I don't know. It, it was a weird thing they were into. Obviously, there was not a lot of mention of darker skin. Well, going back to dresses really quick, I guess that makes sense because, yeah. you know, you want to see a lighter gray because if everything looks black, then everybody's mourning somebody because back then you wore black That's true. mourning a death of somebody. So that would make sense that like, well, I wasn't wearing black. I wasn't mourning anybody right now. No one's dead. So if you send a picture off and <laughs> you're wearing a black dress, yeah. people are automatically <laughs> going to think someone died. <laughs> That's true. And a lot of the advertisements for ortho film did picture women and like they would point out the different colors, what they were originally. Oh, this was orange. This was red. This was blue. And they would pick, they would show how the original silver bromide plates would capture it and how this new brand new ortho film would capture it. And it's pretty, it's pretty neat. We'll, we'll post some of those up on, on the socials on Instagram. We don't have socials. So all of this, you know, they really touted ortho and it sounds great. So we don't really shoot it now. Uh, we shoot panchromatic film. So why did Ilford make ortho film? And why should we be excited about shooting it? And honestly, I do not have the answer to that. I don't know. Well, you just shot it. So what did you shoot? I, I was shooting like landscapes, things like I normally shot. You know, I didn't do, I didn't use this as a test roll. I just shot it like a, like a normal roll. 80 ISO, just went for it, you know? Okay. You could really get the same effects by throwing a blue filter on, or I guess a CN filter, on your lens. And that would basically be the same. Close enough. Do you remember when we were in Yellowstone and you're like, oh, you should, you know, the sky's too bright. You should put a red filter on. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I should. So I put it on. I was kind of distracted because I saw my first bison. This was like two, three years ago now. Um, sure. And I shot it. He's like, oh, what are you shooting? And I was like, oh, ortho? <laughs> and you're like, oh, <laughs> you don't have a picture anymore. It was just that one shot. When I did develop it, I did end up getting something. It looked actually like a night shot. And oh, when really? I was, yeah, when I was on Sunny 16, they were doing this like challenge, like shoot day to night or something. And I mentioned that photo and I think no one understood what the hell I was saying because I kind of didn't either. But I was basically saying, try to shoot ortho with a red filter and see if you can get anything. And it looks like nighttime, even though it's the daytime. So. Well, yeah. I mean, if you just expose it long enough, some red will pick, will, will, will seep through. Mm -hmm. So, yes. I mean, look, if y'all want to experiment with ortho film, no one's going to stop you. No one's going to beat you up over that. <laughs> Can I be honest about something? You better be honest about something. <laughs> so I'm going to have to go back and listen to this because the first, like, five minutes of what you just said, like, basically everything, like, before you said the word ocean... I wasn't exactly paying attention to because my dogs are being assholes right now. <laughs> like they keep coming over here and like bugging me. And so I'm like feeding them treats and trying to get them away. And then they come back over and make, they're like making gross noises. And I'm just, Marley came out and I'm like, I'm recording. <laughs> There's like, wow. it's been like a very chaotic scene here. And you're like in my ears and I'm like shooing animals out of the kitchen, like the whole time. <laughs> 
So if you hear any like rustling around, that that's what that was. I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I'm sure we'll all forgive you with this. So, um, I'm fixing right now. I've got five minutes on a fix. Nice. Start the timer. I now have five minutes on a fix. Um, I have a little bit more to go over about panchromatic film, kind of wrapping this all up. But where are you? Well, I'm rinsing actually, and I, I'm I can take a I can peek because uh, I'm basically done with my one okay. sheet. So cool. uh, I just wanted to mention too, I'm using 500 milliliters of water, and with uh, with Rodinol for the X-ray, I'm developing it for four minutes. So I put five milliliters of Rodinol in my 500 milliliters of water. Uh-huh. And what I ended up doing is pouring it back into the pitcher because I only have one sheet in here and I'm planning to reuse it again if this seemed to maybe <laughs> help me with my scratch, my scratches. Yeah. We'll see. I tried to put it in like in a diagonal way so that it wouldn't touch the, um, the edge of the, of the, uh, developing tank. And okay. I'm, I just Did opened the- it up. And uh-huh. it's totally touching. <laughs> okay, so this did not work. <laughs> it's totally touching me. The Fair edge. enough. Just, just letting you know. And um, okay. let, let's see if it affected it. So I definitely have some scratches still, but that could have been from me putting the, um, the film in the holder. I do remember sure. having an issue with one of them. And there is some odd stuff going on in the sky. When I poured whatever in here, it looks like I have some like uh, some drag, maybe. Okay, that, that's that's very possible, especially since one of the sides was touching. Yeah, so you can't really like the uh, bottom part of the picture looks good; it's well exposed. It's just the sky where you see that weirdness. So I'll definitely have to share it and you know show you guys what I did. Yeah, we'll go over that for sure. I'm going to do it again. Okay, sure. It makes sense to do it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, if it failed the first time, there's no reason why if you don't change anything, it wouldn't fail the second time. So. I told you I'm insane, right? That's how it works. <laughs> well, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I'm going to do the same thing, but instead of taking the uh, septums out, I'm going to put the septums in. And I'm going okay. to put the just the one sheet in between the two septums, but without like it connected to them and see okay. if I get the same issue. That you will have less touching, less surface area to touch. So maybe it'll work. Maybe, maybe. it'll work. Good luck with that. We will let, we'll, we'll figure that out at the end of the episode. Yeah. So I've got two minutes left on my fix. Ooh. And on my notes, it says, all this sounds great. So why don't we just shoot ortho? And of course that answer is panchromatic film is why we don't mm-hmm. shoot ortho. And that was invented in 1894, which is right <laughs> when ortho was getting big. By the Lumiere brothers, which really surprised me for silent film fans out there. The Lumiere brothers, you probably remember them. They did the movie, the little short movie, Voyage to the Moon, which is kind of seen as the first sci-fi movie. So if you haven't seen that, I don't know. I guess you weren't a big Smashing Pumpkins fan in the 90s. Wow. So what? They used that for one of the videos. I know. I love, I, I'm sorry, I, just the old like little water waves and stuff made out of whatever they made it. Oh, love, love, love. In, it, definitely. So the big drawback to panchromatic film when it was first released was you had to use a dark room. Dark rooms, as we know them now, pure light proof, light safe, light tight, were invented for panchromatic film. I'm sure there was one that existed before then, but by and large, they were invented for panchromatic film because you could have zero light on it because it, 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 
is able to express all of the, the tonal values of color from all of all Roy G. Biv, the whole thing. And so because of that, panchromatic has been the standard, even though it took about 30, 30, 40 years to really get moving. And after it really got moving, people got used to developing everything in pure darkness. They were okay with that. It seems that people can adapt. Who knew? Progress. So I've got 17 seconds left on my fixing. So I'm going to start pouring out. And then we'll do some washing, but we've got commercial sign right now, so we'll be back right after that. Blue Blocker sunglasses, they're really different. My name is Geek, I put them on as a shocker. Man, I love these blue blockers. Everything is clear, they block out the sun. Oh yeah, I gotta get me some. It's not like 3D, but it's got that effect where everything is so separated. They're great, best sunglasses I've ever owned. I've been telling everyone I know about these, honestly, goodness. It's different, I've never seen anything like these. I thought it was a gimmick when I see it on TV at night. It's not, it's real. They actually work. The original Blue Blocker sunglasses block 100% of the ultraviolet and blue light, have lightweight nylon frames, carrying case and lifetime limited warranty. Clip-ons available for prescription wearers. Was $49.95, now only $19.95. Accept no substitutes. Order now. So there you have it, folks, out there in TV land. Get you some glasses that sweep in the land. Remember what I said, now I'm a hip-hopper, yeah. Go get you some Blue Blockers. Mm. Okay, we are back. This is this isn't really an X-ray episode, but you're doing X-ray. So let's. What which, what are you developing? What what is the emulsion? Is it the Fuji stuff? Yeah, I think so. It was like the last couple sheets I had of it. Okay, HRT no, maybe. HRT Fuji HRT or HRU is true orthochromatic film. I actually tested that myself, and it's definitely orthochromatic. The stuff that I use some Fuji and the stuff that I mostly use is called Ultra Cruise Blue. Mm -hmm. And that, as the name might suggest, is just blue sensitive. And that's just like the old silver halide emulsions. So I like that emulsion because it doesn't pick up greens or yellows or reds or anything. It's just blues. And so it gives a very old look to everything. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. For some reason or another, and we've been trying to figure this out, uh, me and Leland Buck have been trying to figure this out for, for quite a while, is if you're using a, a dip and dunk tank and you put more than six sheets in it and shuffling them as you go, you'll get a, a weird halo effect because of the holder, because of the hangers. I don't, I mean, I know why that's happening. There's not enough circulation, but I don't know like why that's happening. With the Fuji stuff, you can't do more than four. Don't know why, but that's been consistent. We've consistently tested that. Hmm. Uh, because of that, I just want to do tray developing. And I'm at this point wondering if I can shuffle. Like if you do multiple, if you do multiple sheets in tray, you have to shuffle them. And I don't know if you can do that with x-ray. So that might be my next test. Or if Leland, if you've done that already, uh, let me know. Um, so that's where we stand with x-ray. It's cheap. It looks great but it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> so I am going to pull my first roll of ortho and see if, well, I've got images. So that's good. These, well, I mean, right now they don't look any different than regular film. You know, okay. they're not going to look, and I don't think even, even just like the blue sensitive x-ray film looks really any different than regular black and white film. It's when you scan it and really take a good look at it. How, how does that look? And you compare it. So I've got some really nice looking images here of Eastern Washington. 
So nice. I'm, I'm pretty excited about that. Was this the trip that you took uh, last week? This was a trip I took uh, two, week, two or three weeks ago. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Uh, I guess you're going to still be working on what you're working on. So why don't we check to the uh, futures and see how all of that worked out. Okay, well, let's get into it, I guess. I guess we'll start with mine? Yes, let's do it. Okay. Well, I've, I have four photos that I'm sharing. These are of a trip that I did two weekends ago now, three weekends ago. I don't know. Maybe a month ago. I don't know. It's future, so it could be even longer. God, yeah. We're bending time. So I wanted to pick out some photos that had a little bit of red in them or a little bit of something that would be affected by not uh, the red not being exposed. I'm looking at a house, a motel sign, a garbage can that's actually a clown head, and a no trespassing sign. With the house, it's it's an old house like I usually shoot, you know, a falling down homestead. Honestly, I don't see a lot of difference between this and a regular black and white shot. But then again, there's not a lot of colors in the red spectrum when you're outside in the snowy, uh, deserty type places that I go to. So I don't know if if Ortho is the is a really interesting film for me in that respect. But with like the motel sign that had a bit of red in it, that's just all black. So it gives a very different look. The clown, which had like red lips and a red nose, and I think the base of the garbage can was red as well. That's just various shades of black. Mm-hmm. Which does show that, that Ortho is a little bit red sensitive. Yeah. And then they have this no trespassing sign along a nice, nice dirt road. I don't remember taking this shot at, at all. I have no recollection of this shot. <laughs> so I was not trespassing, clearly, because I'm on the other side of the sign, but I have no recollection of it. And that no trespassing sign was red? The, it was red and white. Yeah, the letters were, were red. Okay. And here they are black, because mm-hmm. it does not pick up most reds. I, I mean, I like the photos. It's a different emulsion to use. It's roughly the same price, I guess, as the rest of the emulsions. So I guess if you're looking for something a little different, there's no reason not to shoot it. I guess if you're looking for like a slow ISO, because you can shoot this at 40 and I think develop it pretty much the same and mm-hmm. it, it it renders okay. It'll probably, you know, you're not going to blow out the highlights, but it'll probably be a, a stop brighter. There's different developers you can use to shoot it at a slower speed. I think like PMK really wants you to, to shoot it at 40-ish ISO. So it is, um, I think there's some some formulas for Rodinol and some others, maybe Extal. They're out there. You can find them on Massive Dev Chart. I want to say that with your photographs as mm-hmm. well as mine, when you're shooting ortho, it does give it kind of like an older look to it. It does look old. It so does. if you're kind of going for that, then maybe ortho is a good choice. We both decided, which is odd, to shoot kind of landscapey stuff. I think this type of film really looks good when you have a mix of man-made and and landscape. So like the clown yeah. uh, image is beautiful because of the reds render so much darker. Yeah, And I think also, too, just shooting people, you know, it'll give them like a darker skin tone. And I don't know, I just think it has, it has like a pretty nice variety, like spectrum of grays and, and dark, you know, dark whites and grays and blacks. Yeah, nothing is crushed here. You're sort of yes. taking all the tones of gray, and you're still using them all. It's just that mm-hmm. not all of the colors are represented properly. But you're yeah. still getting a nice array of grays. Yeah, I think so. And so yours? <laughs> are you avoiding this? <laughs> no, I mean, it's great. I Okay, I mentioned this recently too, um, just getting on the road and, and looking for weather. Shooting in Southern California is great, but the skies are boring. And it's usually just like there's no, there's nothing fun going on. Yeah. 
Uh, so it's clear skies all the time, and that can be a boring sky. <laughs> yeah, it sure can. So my little experiment that I did. <laughs> yes. If you guys were wondering how my images turned out, the skies are awful. <laughs> it did not work. So sticking a four by five negative in between the tank with without holding on to anything did not work. So, so using a steering press tank as sort of like an enclosed tray is a bad idea. Yeah, it is. Okay. And you know, I, I do this for everybody. So then no one else has to <laughs> experiment unless they want to. I was wondering if anybody uh, wanted to experiment with that, but go on. <laughs> I think next time I will. I mean, I, I did get a small little 8x10 smooth bottom tray, so I'll probably uh, try to do more tray development with x-ray film. If yeah. you're looking for interesting skies, then yeah, why not? Stick it in there. I got a bunch of scratches and uh, uneven development and weird splotchy marks, probably from it sticking to the side of the tank. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Yeah, it looks that way. Um. With x-ray film, I've come to the conclusion that because it has emulsion on both sides, you are going to get scratches regardless. So if you're looking for something with no scratches, then maybe don't shoot x-ray. Uh, or sometimes the scratches uh, give it character they and did. it looks beautiful. I took a shot of Marley and it's probably still one of my favorite shots I've ever taken. And it has a lot of imperfections imperfect in it, but it's I can't really produce anything like that. Yeah. Just looks good in the way it is. It does. It's the most plate looking um film emulsion that we have. Yes. It is. I think there's some like Arista Ortholitho that come really close that look really old and Ilford Ortho does have an old look to it. But if you're looking for something that looks very much like a plate, and it's not gonna be exact, you're not gonna get you're not gonna have that plate look, but it's the closest thing you've got to it in film. And mm -hmm. Uh, it's not easy. It's uh, X-ray film is not easy to shoot. It's not easy to develop. And if you're cutting it yourself, it's not easy to do that either. And I've got to do mm -hmm. that later today. So, yay! <laughs> I think I'm going to shoot some X-ray today as well. Oh, nice, nice. It's always fun to shoot. It's it is, it is. It kind of remember like when we when I I guess first got back into photography, film photography. It was always. Looking, oh, you know, what, what's going to happen if I do this? Or what if I shoot this in the Holga or whatever? But, and, and I don't, I'm not really there anymore. I don't really care for that so much. But x-ray film sort of harkens back to that feeling. Definitely. Yeah. And it keeps us coming back. We've been doing, we've been talking about x-ray film for a long damn time now. Yeah. You know, we're kind of we stuck on it. We really, really want to figure this stuff out. And it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. It's um, very challenging. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not easy. No, it's not. But it's it's a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying it. I will be developing some later today, I think. Um, and maybe you'll see some. Maybe you won't. I, I most of my X-ray film I don't share, just because I don't know. I, I usually take it as backup shots, and if the regular ones work out well, nobody needs to see the backup shots. That said, if you order something from my Etsy store. Lately, I've been sending um, one of my negatives, like one of my x-ray negatives with the order, just for fun. Yep. So there's that. It's an original one-of-a-kind <laughs> negative. Ooh, <laughs> exciting. I could either throw it away or give it to you. <laughs> Your choice. I, uh, I did something fun. Oh? So I went roller skating with Marley and my sweater got caught underneath my uh, roller skate wheel and I flew like five feet in mm -hmm. front of me and landed on my knees. That is true. So I went 
and got x-rayed because I can't move my leg at all. <laughs> and of course I was like, so is this film or digital? And did you learn on film? And she did. She did learn on film. She, le she learned how to uh, develop x-ray oh, in cool. school. And everything, she said that she has never done it. It's always been digital, but she did have to learn it. Oh, that's so neat. That's really cool. <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, just letting and, you guys know how nerdy I get. Even <laughs> if my, you know, leg is possibly broken. I'm like, wait, but is it digital or is it film? <laughs> <laughs> but your leg is fine, right? You don't have a break or anything. No, it's not broken. Um, I just can't really bend it. <laughs> Eh, you're fine. You can I'll just be Frankenstein right. around for a while. <laughs> I'm putting ice on it. It's been it's been fine. I fall a lot, and this is why I am a surfer because falling in the water isn't usually as bad as falling like you know on pavement. So it's true. <laughs> it's hard to get eaten by a shark on a. And a shark's not going to eat me, okay? I know. I'm, and if it does, then that's basically like I've, the coolest thing that ever happened to me. They'll be like, oh, dude, remember that chick like that did the podcast with Eric Vanya? Dude, she got eaten by a shark. Like, oh, shit, no way. Yeah. And I mean, I'm hoping I would fight it a little bit and that would like be part of the story. Like, yeah, she like tried to fight the shark, but the shark won, you know, whatever. I'll practice. Okay. Well, with that, we can send it back to the past. Andy Graham. <laughs> A candy Graham, oh boy. Oh, no! And we're back. Thank you, future Eric and Vanya, for your wonderful comments on our work. It was delightful, was it not? So is there anything in closing we have to say about this? Do what you love, shoot whatever you want, and don't be afraid to experiment. I think that's one of the cool things about ortho is it's just one more emulsion and having one more emulsion out there, it's not a bad thing, you know? It's, it's one more they have to cancel before film is completely canceled. Exactly. Yeah. And with that, I guess we are we are finished. Uh, we will see you in a couple of weeks for another dev party. And we'll see you next week for a main episode. Until then, thanks for listening. We love you. And bye-bye. Bye-bye.